Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 172 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. For those that say the season doesn't start till Labor Day, well, let the games officially begin because it's Labor Day weekend in the CFL, and we're here to break it all down for you this evening with our Week 13 preview show. I'm Ryan Coop, and we've got a jam-packed show for you here tonight. We've got some major news from around the CFL, some big rivalry games this weekend, including the Labor Day Classic between the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We've got our usual fantasy and betting segments to come, and we even have a special guest joining us here tonight. Hello to everybody joining us live here this evening over on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and on the Game Time TV YouTube page, uh, we'll be taking your comments and questions live throughout the night here as well. All made possible by our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV. Learn more at facebook.com slash GameTimeTVMV. Now let's welcome in a guy who will be making his way to Regina for the Labor Day Classic in a few days, but is here with us tonight. The great Trey Colbeck is here as always. Trey, how you doing tonight? I'm pretty good. Ryan, what about you, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for That's asking. Good. That's good, man. Yeah, I don't have much else to say than that. It's all right. Better than Adam's day, but you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> life Adam's, of a farmer. <laughs> yeah, Adam's been having a bit of a rough day, but I believe he is here with us tonight as well. He did just mention he was having some internet issues. Uh, we can't do our Labor Day preview without our resident Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan, Adam. You're here on audio, not on video right now, but you are here nonetheless. How are you doing? Well, besides, you know, having a traditional farming day, uh, you know, not bad. Uh, lots of little problems today, lots of little breakdown issues, but you know what? We're here, we're doing it. Uh, we're going to be at Labor Day pretty soon. And yeah, like you said before, Ryan, unofficial start of the uh, CFL season is right now. And uh, looking forward to the rivalry games this weekend. Right on. And uh, we figured what better way to preview a rivalry weekend between the Bombers and the Riders than to bring in a, a guest here with us this evening who has been on both sides of it. Uh, the voice, formerly the voice of the Riders, currently the voice of the Bombers, the great Derek Taylor is here with us tonight. Before we bring in Derek, a couple of things we want to, of course, as always, acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Cree, Ojukri, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. We'd also like to take a quick moment to thank one of our sponsors for this episode of the podcast, Betstamp. Uh, there are so many different sports books out there these days. Each one offers you different prices on the same games. Well, how do you ensure you're getting the best value? Betstamp provides you the info at no cost. Simply pull up the game on the Betstamp app like we will do later on in the show. Uh, see the odds offered by each of the different sports books. You can find the best one there. Place the bet that maximizes the return for the pick you're making. And through the bet link page on the Betstamp app, you can sign up directly for the site to make your picks. If you want extra insight before you place your wagers and are interested in seeing what experts or those around you are picking, you can check out the commission-free bet stamp marketplace where you can see the bets that others such as us here at the Canadian Football Countdown have placed. And through the verified bet tracking, you get the guarantee that the odds others have picked based on are verified and legitimate. Visit betstamp.app or download the free app from the App Store and sign up with referral code CFC 
to start using BetStamp free today. Best of luck with your wagers. And remember, always bet responsibly. Now, I believe he is ready to go. If I can get a quick thumbs up that he is indeed ready to go. Looks like he is. We are joined by the one and only Derek Taylor is here. Derek, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. I'll, I'm vertical video. If I go sideways, is that, uh, that going to do this? Yeah, there we go. There we go. There we go. I wasn't, I wasn't quite ready for video, but here we are. This is how I look. That's why I'm on radio now. <laughs> Welcome here this evening, uh, Derek. We're very excited to have you join us here tonight. What better way to preview Bombers and Riders, right, than to to bring in the man with all of the details, of course. Uh, uh, I guess let's start. Uh, a good place to start off here is, uh, you know, you, you, you spent a season or two there with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. This year, you come over to Winnipeg take over the uh, the role from the great Bob Irving uh, as the the play-by-play host on CJOB for the Bombers. Well, what's the experience been like for you so far taking over that role this year? It's been good. Uh, it, it's just, it's the same, it's the same deal. It's just different characters, right? And different cast of characters. What was Luke Mullinder is now Doug Brown. What were the supporting characters are now the great supporting characters we have here in Winnipeg. It's been a ton of fun. And I mean, I don't want to brag, but like, when I call games for a team in the regular season, they win, right? Uh, 13 wins, 9 wins, now 10 wins. Like, I'm at Bo Levi Mitchell levels uh, of, of winning record. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the, yeah, you've got quite the track record here so far, uh, and uh, it's working out pretty well for you. Um, big game coming up this weekend, uh, heading to Regina for the Labor Day Classic to take on the Riders. Uh, you got to you know, call the game from the other end of it last season. Uh, well, what's that atmosphere like uh, calling a game on Labor Day, and is it is it different than any average day? Oh, it's it's bonkers. It's bonkers. It's it's the first time of the season you're pretty much guaranteed a sellout, right? It's just it's incredible. Thirty three thousand plus in Saskatchewan just scream at the top of their lungs. It, it went so well for them in twenty nineteen, the Labor Day one, and then the uh, the third rematch. Twenty twenty one wasn't quite the same because man was Winnipeg all powerful last year. But it is it's an incredible atmosphere. And then the comeback in the Banjo Bowl, they're just. They're both games where fans are absolutely at their max. And it's honestly the first time of the season that they're at their max, and it is a delight. Now, Trey, you're you're heading off to uh, to Regina for the Labor Day Classic this weekend. Uh, have you been to a Labor Day game there uh, before, and uh, what are you looking most forward to about this? Yeah, I've been to one Labor Day, and I was lucky enough to go to the West Final, uh, I guess 2019 it would have been. Uh, so yeah, it's an experience wearing blue there. That's for sure. So I just, uh, I hope my uh, car with the bomber gray cup plates get out of the city, uh, unscratched and I could call it a successful weekend. Oh boy. Yeah. Trey, Trey, what was it like leaving the stadium after the 19 West final when Kalaris claims it off the crossbar and your team wins? Uh, that stadium, that was the only time that stadium was quiet. You could hear a pin drop. And, and yep. oh, it was something else. And then there's some kid yelling, grab it. And I'm like, no, nah, it doesn't matter. You can catch it. You know, it, and it, it, it was something. It was something. I love oh. being the away team. I love it. Oh, especially when it goes dead silent like that. When Brian Bennett had his problems on second down, you must have been just delighted. And then, yeah, clang off the crossbar and the season is over. Oh, that was, that was not as good for me in the booth at all. <laughs> but what can you do? 
pure drama though and that's what you gotta oh. love about the cfl right uh adam uh, unfortunately did have internet issues he had to drop off so we'll try not to trash talk his riders too much while he's gone but he'll be back in later on hopefully but uh, i guess let's get into talking about the match up here and uh we'll start off you know we'll go a bit out of order here tonight because uh it's the big one we're all here uh, you know we've got a mix of bomber fans rider fans here on the podcast we got to talk about Winnipeg, Saskatchewan before we get into the other games. And uh, I, I guess, uh, DT, give us your take on what you've seen from the Bombers up until this point this season. A 10-1 uh, start to the year. You can't really ask for much better than that, can you? Yeah, it's it's been interesting because there's been 10 wins, but it's not like last year when I think they were 10-1 and one in multiple score games. Like, they were ripping teams. This year, it's it's one-score games kind of across the board. Calgary, three one-score games. Sure, they mopped up BC, but one-score games twice against Ottawa. Montreal was close in the first – well, was close for a bit, so there's a multi-score win, but losing to Montreal. They've given us something to complain about in every single game, except for the BC game, when they just ran – every facet of that that team just ran it up in that one. There's always something to beef about, whether it's, well, Legio missed a couple kicks in the game against Montreal and missed a couple kicks in the game against BC, and – well, Zach was, you know, throwing it into the end zone at the end of the, the end of the half, and why was he trying to squeeze it into Brady Olivero with a sure field goal waiting? Right, they, they're giving us something to uh, to think about and talk about, and I think maybe for other teams, casting at least a little bit of doubt into the, well, they're ten and one, but are they invincible? Well, maybe not like last year. Yeah, I certainly don't think they're an invincible team. I think I've said all along that this is the sloppiest 9-1 and and now potentially the sloppiest 10-1 and uh, football team I've ever seen. They've won the games, but they haven't all been pretty. And, you know, maybe that's the mark of a good football team as well as the ability to win, you know, those close games against rivals. Like, uh, Trey, I know you weren't here Monday night on, on our Week 12 recap, but uh, three big wins over the Calgary Stampeders this year. Remember the days when those were those were hard to come by, just one in a season, and, and now you're talking three there. Uh, this is a team that's uh, found a way to win a, co- a lot of close games, right, Trey? Oh, exactly. Like, I, I was going to echo the sentiments. I've The maddest you can be at 10-1, and one, I think, without, you know, it, it's kind of what it is, and, and it's kind of no one guy's really going out there to win them games and but they're finding dirty ways to win it right so i've I've enjoyed the season it's better it's almost would be boring if they were winning by 30 every time too right so it's something that they can work on for sure and grow and get better and uh labor day right that's the best time to get going i don't know bc seems to be having a lot of fun winning by like 30 most weeks (laughs) this year so uh yeah big and this is where we get into the big part of the season you know these rivalry games the bombers the riders they play three times over the next month i think it is uh right september 30th i think is the other one here in winnipeg and labor day is one of those funky weeks where it really doesn't seem to matter who's has what record going into the into the game i think we've seen basically every variation of it over the years and you never really know what to expect so uh derek what is it about these rivalry games that just hits so different where it it makes it even harder to predict what's going to happen I wish I had a real good answer for you because uh, the, the Bombers all this week will say, hey, it's just another game and it's just like every other Labor Day game and there's nothing special about it. But it, it, it just it, it is different, right? It, it just is. In 2019, the Bombers-Riders, 
it was entirely contingent on who was at home until the playoffs, right? Labor Day, Riders win. Banjo Bowl, just an incredible beatdown powered by Chris Strebler and friends. And then the third matchup back in Saskatchewan, here's Shaq Evans taking one 60 yards off a little, little hitch on Winston Rose for a score securing first place. And you go, this, man, this is, is it home field advantage? That's the deal because I was going through the records last night and, okay, the, the Bombers could win back-to-back Labor Day games, but they haven't done that since, they haven't won one since 2004, isn't it? And that was, that was back-to-back. It's been a long time since they've ever gone back-to-back and, and, it's there's some special emotion this weekend, be it the fans, be it the players have, have glommed on to that. But it's I don't know if I completely discount some people completely discount the quality of the teams. I don't know if I go that far. You know, if one team is significantly better, they're probably going to win. But th- there's just something kooky about Labor Day. Yeah, we've got uh, in our live chat here, we've got uh, Chris with a stat that the Riders have a 37-19 win record versus the Bombers on Labor Day dating back to 1949. Uh, 2005 to 2015, the Riders won 10 in a row, but the Bombers have had a decent track record at uh, New Mosaic Stadium there over the past couple of years in big football games, haven't they? Well, 2021, I mean, the 2019 West Final, clang off the crossbar, that one could have gone either way. 2021 was just straight dominance by Winnipeg over Saskatchewan, right? Like Saskatchewan didn't score in the second half of either of those games and didn't get a touchdown in either of those games. So the last time we saw these teams go to each other, the West final was, it was a different story. It was, it was closer and Duke Williams, big touchdown helped keep that one together, but it's been Winnipeg dominating Saskatchewan for post COVID. It's been all Winnipeg and, uh, at the moment, I don't know any reason why that won't continue on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's go a little bit different gear. You mentioned the guy. What do you feel about Chris Strebler and what he's doing in the NFL? I There's always been a role for Strebler, right? Like even, even in Winnipeg, I was one of the – I feel like I was one of the first people and one of the unfor- the naysayers on, on the Strevolution because I watched it and went, okay, but you got to throw the ball in the CFL and he has real problems when he throws the ball. But then I was also on the forefront of there might not be a more effective runner in the Canadian Football League than Strebler. Like you can have your standbacks and your Andrew Harris's, but Strebler running the ball is just a different beast. And you look at that and go, there's no reason you can't get value out of this guy in some fashion. You know, he's not a receiver. He's not a running back, but he's he's a guy. He's a runner from quarterback who can throw well enough to keep you honest in certain situations. And we think around the CFL, there's a few of those guys that that exist. And there's some that we try to force into uh, round holes, right, as square pegs. But uh, I always thought, man, his running is so special that there's got to be a way to harness that. And, I mean, the Jets saw enough of that. He was their leading rusher in the preseason. And then the final touchdown in the third game was such an incredible dime. You go, yeah, he's got some throws in there occasionally. How how can we not if if I'm a smart enough OC, I can figure a way to make this guy a weapon instead of just a wasted roster spot as most backup quarterbacks are. When, when we look at the CFL, like when the Bombers were able to do that in 18 and 19 with Nichols and then Nichols Calaros, like there's value there. They, oh, we have to be prepared for this guy who's going to maul me at at middle linebacker. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, there's another three hours out of my day, and how am I ready for the Strebler packages? So I was I was disappointed to see the Jets cut him, but I'd hoped it was to put him on the practice roster. Uh, 
I, and I guess I'm not hundred percent surprised he didn't get any other, you know, any roster spots, but uh, the Jets, if they're smart enough, are going to be all the way to get value out of Strevor this season. Uh, and I think we'll all be like, he's the hero of the preseason. He's not just a former CFLer, right? He's the hero of the NFL preseason for crying out loud. I don't know if I've ever seen a former CFL player highlighted so much on NFL Twitter accounts than I did with Chris Strevler this past couple of weeks, right? Like, right. He, was, he was all over the place. And I almost feel like used as a CFL fan because the New York Jets were like showing everything Chris Strevler to try to get my attention. And then they cut him and put him on the practice roster. So a bit bitter about that one there. But uh, yeah, no. Kudos to him. Great preseason, and hopefully he finds his way onto a roster there. Uh, kind of sticking with the NFL theme of it, we've had a couple big uh, uh, former CFL players cut uh, it down south uh, over the past couple of days. We had a couple make their teams. DeAndre Alford, former Bomber, made, uh, I believe it's the Atlanta Falcons. Um yep. What do you think of uh, of the Bombers' situation with these NFL cuts? Because we always see teams make some make some moves here around Labor Day that really propel them in the second half of the season. Do we see the Bombers being active at all? I know Drew Desjarlais was, I believe, let go by the Patriots. Uh, Jonathan Kongbo, I think, ended up on the practice roster for the Broncos. Do you yep. see the Bombers being active, bringing anybody in here down the stretch? I don't know if I think it's a priority for them. Like if if Desjardins was ready, you know, was ready in his career arc to come back to the CFL, I think Winnipeg would absolutely be interested. And it's not anything that Jeff Gray has done or hasn't done, but Desjardins was was pretty good. Let's let's not kid ourselves. He was pretty good. As far as anybody else, like there were so many guys back at practice on day one, uh, be it ready to play back at practice or just at practice for the first time following along injury, I don't know what I believe they need, right? Brandon Alexander back at practice. Okay, well, that back six now starts, you know, looks pretty good. It hasn't, it hasn't been the best, but it, add Alexander in there, and he's kind of this talismanic figure. Everybody around him just kind of gets stronger is the belief. So I think they're good. Uh, defensive line, you'd absolutely work a combo in if you could. Uh, you can imagine Jefferson, Jeff Coat, Tiadric Hansen, and Jonathan Congo, you'd work in if you could, but I mean, what we saw from LB Mack and Cedric Wilcots, I, I think they're probably okay with, and they've shifted more of the interior the last three games, four games. So I, I think they're comfortable there. Offensive line, sure. Is there a place another receiver would go if they found one interested? I I mean, Dalton Schoen's emergence has just changed everything. Someone's got to fill in for Ellingson, but what do you believe about Ellingson and his ability to return? After six games, before the sixth game is up, running back set, quarterback set. I don't, I kind of don't know. Barring, I, I saw Brett Maher made a practice roster. Barring an elite kicker deciding, yeah, it's time, I'm ready to go. Uh, maybe, but I mean, it, it was noted on the post game show that Legio, who missed a 32 yarder against Montreal in regulation, made five kicks against Calgary every single one of them from 32 yards. You go, huh, maybe that part's okay too. So I honestly don't know what they would need, but I wouldn't I wouldn't rule anything out either. Richard in the chat's wondering, is Winnipeg fairly maxed out with their salary cap? You gotta think they're up there, right? I would think so, but, but the one thing is we're getting to the point of the season where 
if you paid a guy, pretend you paid a guy $180,000 pro rate, which would be a huge salary, only 60 goes on the cap, right? And once you get down to a third of the season, because there's nothing for playoffs, it would just be if you're after week 12, you can sign a guy for six games and pay him one third of a, of a salary. So you could squeeze in 60 grand or BC could trade for Vernon Adams and squeeze that salary under their cap instead of their minimum quarterback there. I, all I kind of know is they're very careful about how they manage their cap, but I mean, they don't, they don't star players appear to take less than their market rate to stay in Winnipeg. I, I said in the off season, I would have made Jackson Jeffcoat the top, the top paid defensive player in the league. If I could have got him to leave Winnipeg, but he re-signed before he got to be free because he loves it in Winnipeg. So I, I think I certainly I certainly believe they're in a very they're in a good spot, but whether that means they could, you know, put down, you know, 80 grand for the rest of the season or a hundred grand to replace the spot they're already paying somebody, I'm I don't I honestly don't know where they're fit there. Uh, we've got Adam back in here wearing his Saskatchewan green. Uh, so yes. let's talk about the other side of this matchup, I guess. Uh, uh, Adam, what do you got here uh, for DT on the Riders? Um, can't hear you, Adam. You're in... Try tapping the microphone. Okay, timeout. He called timeout on the play <laughs> here. Uh, we'll work through the uh, the, the audio issues. Uh, new microphones here, by the way, uh, for all of us. So uh, let us know in the comments uh, what you think of the audio setup now. Of course, Adam's not great until we uh, get that <laughs> sorted out, but we will. Uh, in the meantime, I guess uh, one question I want to know, and I saw you doing a little bit of this already on Twitter just a couple minutes ago with all of the... Uh, with I believe it's the the leading pass rushers in the CFL. I gotta ask about the stats yeah, and the charts two, three, because yes, yeah. Adam, I think you're here good to go. There we uh, go. Okay, perfect. Thanks. But, oh, but I gotta quickly ask here about the stats and the charts of what your process is like because I, I feel like of almost anybody out there on CFL social media, you've got a chart for everything. Yeah, I do, and I was finally like twenty well a half hour ago able to finally have caught up. Through week number 12, uh, we moved during the season, obviously moving from Regina to Winnipeg, and then we moved into a new house July 1st. I've been behind for 11 weeks, but I finally caught up, so I have up to the date, date numbers on everything, quarterback pressures, accuracy, receiver drops, all that all that stuff that I love to have, because there, there's stuff that the CFL doesn't do that I'm curious about, and there's just stuff that I kind of want to see for myself and go, okay, well, well Kamar Jordan, what's what's his season like? How he's had, I think, two games with seven targets and one catch. And you go, well, what was that about? What's been happening? Did Bo deserve to be benched in Calgary? Stuff, uh, things along that vein. Just the storylines that come along. I want to just be able to have seen it and have kind of delved into it a little deeper and go, okay, uh, what's this about? Okay, I, I can I can form a cogent and intelligent opinion on it, and then we can we can have a discussion. Plus, it's great to be able to just throw numbers when someone says something. It's like Oh, that's very true because, but up, but up, but up, but up. You know, that's right. Boom, Guachim is the uh, the top pass rusher in the league, and he's just the he's a couple ahead of Willie Jefferson. Like, come on, like we. I just I just like to be able to further the conversation by having you know having seen it and having data at my fingertips. So hey, nice to talk to you, Derek. Uh, you sorry too. Again for the uh, delay here, uh, it's gotten a little nicer to talk to you this way instead of just phoning in and talking to you about donuts and Wadena. But hey, yes. uh, nevertheless, I, first thing I want to know about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, 
what exactly is going on in that offense? I, I know I've got my theory on it, and it usually involves the guys in the front. What's your theory on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders offense? Uh, Zach Kolaris is sacked way, way too many times, and he's under pressure way, way too many times. And as to what's the cause of that, um, I, I think they, I mean, they stuck with Natai Rogers at right tackle for a long time. And I, I don't know if Natai is great in the run game. Maybe that's the feel, but he had real struggles in, in pass game. Evan Johnson has had a rough season. Uh, Dan Clark's injury may, means Logan Bandy got forced into there. Uh, I was just watching Saskatchewan, Montreal and watching Elmondo Sewell take Logan Furlan and just toss him into the stands a few times because Sewell can, could move houses if he tried. Uh, I really think their protection has been a real concern. There was one point, uh, forgive me if it was the Montreal game or the BC game, but Fajardo's getting crushed. Uh, like just instant pressure, one second, boom, pressure's in his face. And they ran a flea flicker. And I thought, your quarterback's getting mauled and you're going to run a long developing flea flicker. I didn't, I didn't understand what was happening there. So to me, it's pressure on Fajardo and Fajardo has his woes, but I, I didn't see a lot of those sacks being Fajardo's fault. And then, I mean, honestly, injuries have robbed them of what was going to be a really nice receiving core, right? Shaq, Kyron Moore, Duke Williams, Kean Schaefer Baker, plus one. Should have been fantastic. And I, well, I'm actually, they, well, I'm certain they haven't been able to put that, you know, five some out there at any point this season because Kyron's just back. So uh, I, I don't want to be the biggest Fajardo apologist. But his accuracy, I mean, compared to expected, is not far off. His completion percentage to expected is about where it should be. I think there's a lot of stuff going bad about him that I would want to be looking at before I go, okay, Fajardo needs to be dumped. And the other thing I've got on the whole thing on this is uh, Jason Moss really hasn't done much this year uh, to maybe get that protection off uh, for Fajardo or maybe put the two fullbacks in. We haven't seen that a whole lot, I don't believe, out of Saskatchewan. And I know you have the stats for that. Has Jason Moss done a decent job of trying to maybe protect his quarterback a bit? Or is he I, put him in a good situation? Yeah, it's funny. Um, it's funny. When I watch these games, I go, you know what? Defensive ends aren't chipped as much as you might think they are. And, I mean, uh, gosh, Saskatchewan might use the fullback as much as any other team. Uh, yeah, probably, I mean, way more than than Winnipeg does. Uh, but I see, I see, uh, who's it, Tuck 49. I see him in there. I see him in Awachi and some three back sets in this most recent game. It's not as much they used to as I have. Um, that's honestly, that's going to be one thing where I think they're probably happy that Braden Lenius comes back because I, I can visualize him in 2021 dipping. I mean, he's a big body dude, right? I mean, even with all the weight he lost, big body dude who can slide in there for protection, but. You, you kind of need to get it from your receivers. Uh, Corey Watson in 2019 was a guy who was tremendous at that as, as a veteran. It's, it's a guy uh, other teams count on players like that. I don't know. I don't know if they've had that to this point this season and, and maybe, maybe more fullback, but then what weapon are you going to take off the field? If to me, if you take, this applies for any team. If you were to take Key and Shaper Baker off the field to get a fullback in, I, I don't know that I think that's the right way. If you take Braden Lenius off the field to get a fullback in, as much as the fullback can bring a load, I don't know that I love the thought of that just from a threat perspective, right? So, yeah, they have to figure out some stuff, and we'd like it to not be the quick game, but, I mean, at a, with a sack rate in excess of 
Fajardo doesn't have a lot of time to get much else off uh, the two. I don't want to ramble too far, but the two shots, the key and Schaefer Baker were, oh my goodness, I'm about to die. And here's the ball. And he, and they, you know, a couple of them worked out in that game against BC. The other thing also on Saskatchewan that I think has been really working well this year, except for the last few games, uh, I haven't seen the pressure coming out of the defense like we've been seeing over the last few uh, seasons or even this whole year, essentially, uh, right after the touchdown Atlantic game. We haven't really been seeing the whole defense uh, defensive line out of Saskatchewan maybe uh, firing on all cylinders. Is there something up with that or are teams finally cluing in and what to, what to expect out of AC Leonard and uh, – uh, Pete Robertson over on the other side. Yeah, I'd probably just attribute a lot of that to injury, right? Uh, Leonard's played, what, seven games this year? He was he had a stint on six games. Anthony Lanier's been dealing with a head injury. Lanier's the league leader in quarterback pressures. And when you watch him go, he's lining up like inside, he's lining up outside, and he's just crushing dudes. Um, but about Pete Robertson, Pete Robertson is such an interesting case. Uh, I was doing a who are the top nine guys in quarterback pressures, and someone said Pete Robertson. And Robertson's a guy who we've credited with nine sacks, but has only nine quarterback pressures to have gotten those sacks, which is so interesting that you can turn that little pressure into that many sacks. He's just able to finish and clean up the stuff that, that other team, other uh, players have done. I think, honestly, I, I think they have good talent. I don't think they have any real problems there. I, I just, I honestly, I would just, without having del- delved too deep into it, I would just say, injuries have been a real concern for them along the front this season because when AC Leonard is healthy and when AC Leonard's in the game, he's an impact player. Like he, he should have been an all-star in 2021 as much as I think Jeff Coat and Jefferson are phenomenal. AC Leonard to me was an all-star in 2021. Uh, and to have Pete Robertson popping up and Anthony Lanier is just literally tremendous to lead the league in pressures from the interior is an incredible happening. So uh, I, I I would attribute it to when they're healthy, watch out. Perfect. Uh, so, well, because you're the stats guy, uh, we've been through enough Labor Days. We've been through enough Banjo Bowls over the years. Which which is the most important stat for Labor Day 2022 do I watch for this week? Oh, it's got to be pressure on Fajardo. Uh, how much, how much uh, pressure does Winnipeg get on Fajardo? How often? And how many people do they need to bring to get that pressure? Because they've had contributions to Winnipeg front, contributions from everywhere. And they'll they'll do a lot of, maybe more so than any other team, they're going to run three-man fronts and four-man fronts and five-man fronts. They're really going to make you think. So they're really going to make Fajardo think. They're really going to make Evan Johnson and friends think about it. Well, it's three men, but here comes Adam Big Hill. Oh, my goodness, it's Adam Big Hill. Oh, we're dead because it's Adam Big Hill. Uh, I, I think that's going to be the the critical factor. Fajardo, when he has time, I mean, again, got some flaws, but when he's got time, that guy, he's a weapon. He's just had no time at all this season. So hopefully, I mean, from Saskatchewan's perspective, they can figure something out. Uh, Jefferson wrecks games. Jeff Coat should have had a touchdown last week. He wrecks games. Two guys that are top five in quarterback pressures. Casey Sales from the middle. Jake Thomas is having a tremendous season. Just taking centers and shoving them, you know, up into the bleachers. It's it's fantastic watching these guys go. Uh, so yeah, it, it it to me it's entirely pressure on Fajardo because to me that's been the story of Saskatchewan's offense this entire season. Makes sense, uh, Ryan. Anything else that you got for Derek? Yeah, we got one more question here. Um, 
the the riders hosting the Grey Cup this year. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of home pressure uh, on that more than there normally is in Saskatchewan. Um, how do you manage that down the stretch if you're the riders? Uh, because especially with the ups and downs so far this season, what do you do down the stretch to manage that pressure? Especially you know fighting for that playoff spot right now. It seems it's the East crossover. Uh, yeah. As you go along here. I think you tank the two against Winnipeg and focus on that crossover. Like just, <laughs> just stay a win ahead of Hamilton in the crossover because can, do you really want to be a part of a, a crew that has to go through Calgary, then Winnipeg or BC, then Winnipeg, or would you rather go through Montreal and Toronto? And I get travel and I get East, I get time zones and stuff like that. But the West playoffs are, are uh, I mean, they should be the great cup. They, they should be, but you know, that's not how we do it. So, uh, yeah, just honestly, whatever you can do that doesn't raise the the stink of tanking, do it and try to get that crossover spot because Winnipeg at home in November and pretend it's Calgary at home. If BC falls off, you're, you're going to go through both of those. I know Winnipeg did, the, you know, did the reverse in 2019, but that was a, that was a different deal, right? Just having got Kolaris in there. I, I see like, I feel like if your best route to the Grey Cup is as the East champion Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now we've got a big game. We've got the big game coming up here this weekend between these two teams. You see the one guy in the, the Blue Bombers jersey here. You see the one guy in the Riders jersey. Trey and Adam, you've been going at it on Twitter a little bit all week as you've been hyping it up all season. Uh, a big matchup here, a little bit of a wager going on here between the two of you on this game. Uh, Trey, you want to tell us all about it? And uh, how confident are you about your Bombers coming into this week? Uh, yeah, Adam Adam vetoed the tattoos, so we went a little less dangerous route. <laughs> and, uh, um, I, I wonder, we believe that we just have to write like a speech for the other, basically, and professing the love of the other team. So that's pretty pretty easy to do, I think, Adam, right? I, I'm going to have a very hard time reading a speech, ain't I? Uh, you know what? I figure after Saskatchewan wins this game and a huge surprising upset and then goes into Winnipeg and somehow wins two out of three in IGF, uh, I think he, this, this speech is going to be very well prepared. And uh, let's face it, I'm sitting on a combine with auto steer. I've got all the time in the world here. I mean... It's, it's going to be a great speech. I mean, I know I've got Craig, uh, Craig Butler in this speech. I know I have uh, Buck Pierce mentioned in this speech already. I've, I've got some good points here ready to go. So uh, we might have to get Derek to uh, uh, proof this one just before uh, before trading. There you go. Who's the head coach for Sunday, though? Dickinson's got COVID. Well, that's a good question. I mean, we have so many great candidates on offense and defense. I mean, Jason Moss is a head coach. We've got uh, we've got Jason Shivers, who should be a head coach. Uh, let's face it, by probably Saturday, we'll probably have Danny Machocha because we don't know what's going to happen in Montreal. He might get traded to us. Uh, yeah, no, uh, we can pretty much have anybody as a head coach, I think. I mean, maybe even yourself, Derek, you might want to come back to Regina and try the head coaching job on. Oh, Pajardo would love me going for two all the time, going on third, anything third and five or less going for it. Oh, Pajardo would love me. He would love me. 
That's hey, maybe saying. maybe Trey can apply for the job too. We had Trey wanting to draw things up on the whiteboard in the group chat during the last game. The Bombers defense is so irritating. I, I just I don't like the bed not break stuff, and it's just so irritating. And I sit at the very top at IG Field for that reason to see it. And it's so irritating. And Pajardo's gonna throw for 500 yards somehow, probably on Sunday. Wow. And I'm gonna lose my mind. But well, that's uh, something to watch, right? Some of the watch where they where do they line up Key and Schaefer Baker? And if Shaq Evans back, but where do they line up Key and Schaefer Baker? Like I don't expect Shafe and Bake boundary, you know, boundary slot back a bunch because uh Nick Nichols will just eats up dudes there, but get a matched up on Winston Rose at the boundary wide receiver, get a matchup on Jamal Parker at the field wide receiver. Uh interesting things could be happening for uh for Shafe and Bake. The other one also is where do they put Brandon Lenius right now? Does he swap in with Shafe? McKinnis. You, you, no, no. McKinnis? McKinnis, yeah. He, yeah. he Well, he was that third guy to the field last year, right? He was that guy who would throw the blocks as well. So a perfect world would be Shaq, Duke, or the Duke replacement, Lenius, Kyron, and then Shafe and Bake. Well, ideal, but Shafe and Bake. Shafe and Bake would be that Duke Williams, number two to the boundary, let's say, and then whoever you want to put, Emelis or whoever at that field wide receiver spot. But yeah, he comes back inside. People, I don't know. I don't know if people appropriately remember, uh, Adam, I know you do, how unbelievable Lenius was coming out of camp last year and all season long versus 2019. That, that is not a small get for the Riders. No, that was a huge pickup. Uh, one other one that uh, unfortunately won't happen, and I know you kind of seen it. I'm not sure if you were around when he was still in Saskatchewan or not, uh, is Dakota Shepley. Unfortunately, it don't look like Saskatchewan's going to get him. He went to the Dallas Cowboys practice roster now. But how nice. big of a piece would that have been for Saskatchewan uh, to get a guy like Dakota Shepley? Well, he's going to have all his options open when he decides to come back to the CFL, right? But, uh, you know, BC guy went to UBC. So it's it not guaranteed that he'd be back in the Riders, but they would they'd love to have him immediately. Uh, left guard, right guard. You, you probably couldn't depose Evan Johnson a right guard, so he probably goes in for Furland, and then you figure out if Furland maybe is an upgrade at, over Bandy at center for the time being, but I, I think they'd absolutely love to have him. Shapley should probably be pretty expensive when he comes back, because he's he's good. <laughs> he's, he's good, so uh, for his sake, I hope he commands a massive salary when he decides to come back to the CFL, but in the meantime, Dallas's offensive line has been hit with injuries, so yeah, why why not play in the you know the most beautiful stadium in the history of mankind with the most blinding light coming from that one end zone? Why not? You know, I wouldn't be uh, uh, doing anybody any favor if I didn't mention uh, to get your opinions on the two trades that happened here today. Uh, Vernon Adams heading over to BC for a first round, probably sixth, seventh, eighth overall pick. Uh, What's your thoughts on these two trades here by the Montreal Alouettes and uh, BC and Edmonton? And uh, yeah, what do you think of those? I, I love that. I love that BC is going for it. I don't know that Vernon Adams, like you just didn't have a choice of many quarterbacks, right? There, there weren't a lot of free quarterbacks. So Vernon is, is the best guy you could have gotten. And if you don't believe in, in the power of uh, Antonio Pipkin, okay, this is the move to make. And a first round pick, fine, we'll get some guy in the second round or third round because the CFL draft is super fickle. First-round guys may not even come up here, right? So I, I'm not worried about giving up uh, a first-rounder to save this once-in-a-lifetime season. Like They had a minimum salaried quarterback, 
and they were able to surround him with unbelievable offensive weapons. Well, we're not just going to let that die. We're going to go and get Vernon, a guy who loves to throw the ball deep. We've got receivers who can go get the ball deep. Let's let's give it a shot. It's it was honestly their only shot to to keep this alive. And it tells me that that I'm just assuming that they believe Rourke is out for the year by making this trade because you could have just if you thought if you legit thought he, he was back in time for the final regular season game and playoffs, you could have just rolled with it because Calaros came to Winnipeg in 19, played one game, boom, Grey Cup, right? So I, I feel like this is their acknowledgement Rourke's done for the year. Uh, we talked about Charles Edmonton. I don't know. Uh, Chris Jones, uh, another move where I go, I don't know that you're a good GM. You you could be an incredible head coach, but I don't know that you're a good GM because you just, you swapped similar producing defensive ends and then you threw in a really good young defensive back just because I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand that move at all. I, I'm a big Nafis Lion guy, so I don't understand why why that move was uh why chris jones makes that move at all yeah that's weird these two trades both in the same day here for montreal like we're not we we hardly see trades mid-season especially large ones and they do two in one day and maybe that has to do with uh the whole gary stern news that we talked about here a couple couple days ago on the podcast and we kind of had it come out today that well, Gary didn't want uh, Vernon Adams to be traded, but uh, Machocha did, and now that Mister Stern's out of the picture, there, uh, at, well, in certain capacities, of course, uh, yeah. it seemed like Machocha went ahead with this deal, and yeah, this one shocked me. I mean, I do think the Montreal Edmonton one is uh, it's a good trade for Montreal to get in those pieces there. I thought that one was really good, but going back to the Vernon Adams trade here. Mm. Why if I, I I'm of the opinion, and I think a lot of people are of the same opinion that Vernon Adams Jr. should have been the starter in Montreal over Trevor Harris. I think he's shown more potential uh, over time, and and you know Trevor Harris did have a good game last week, but he's had, I think had more down than up games so far this season. But uh, nonetheless, at least you keep both of them on the roster. You never know what happens if Trevor Harris goes down. You two good quarterbacks is what you need in the CFL. And to trade him back to BC, that one was a little bit shocking for me. Uh, 2023 first-round pick, I would have at least tried to go for the 2024 first-round pick so that you get a second shot at Curtis Rourke when he potentially enters the league if you're Montreal there with that (laughs) first-round pick. Uh, I don't know. This trade for Montreal is not sticking for me, but I love it for BC. Yeah, I think it's fine for BC. I'm not a a, uh, Vernon Adams guy by by any stretch. I I think... His inaccuracy and his bad decision making is just—he's now—he's what 29. He's been in the league for a long time. He's just not going to get over it. So uh, I forget what his exact—you know—his accuracy number is compared to to expected, but it's it's bad. It's just it's bad. It was bad last year. You saw it cost them wins last year. Uh, I it was never going to get better. There's so much that he does that's exciting, but. It's not consistent. He can scramble. He can he can keep all alive in the pocket efficiently, and he can hum the ball downfield. But he can't do his best things very many times in a game, right? Like it's not. I I kind of go to the axiom of it's not what you can do; it's how often you do what you can do. And Vernon Adams can do some amazing stuff, but he doesn't do it very often. So I, I don't I don't know that I believe Montreal is. They're giving up some security this season, but I don't know that I think they're giving up too much. And certainly the GM slash head coach slash 
overlord there doesn't doesn't think so either. He's happy to get a first for for Vernon, a guy who has time left on his contract. So yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just not on team Vernon. So I yeah, I can understand why, but I, I think his, I think his hype is far out out outpaced his uh, performance in the CFL. This is why we bring in DT with all the info here, all the insight. We love it. Uh, uh, Trey, what do you think of these two trades here for Montreal making moves today? Ah, see, I was a Vernon Adams guy, but I can't argue with Derek Taylor, right? Like, you know, he comes... Oh, come on. No, <laughs> what do you like? What, what, what's, what do you like about Vernon? Because I'm not, I, I, I could totally be wrong. Absolutely. No, no, you're not wrong. I just, like you said, he's 29. You see guys go, well, it's CFL's different. He could have some time to make some differences in his accuracy. I, I, I don't know. I just always thought he, 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 he's a guy that you have a spark with. You know, he has that electricity that you kind of see. He can scramble. He can pick up things. And I know different age, but we like we just talked about a guy like Chris Streveler. You know, he can make things happen with his legs. So I've been a little bit more on him, but I think the move will be good for him this year. And I, I agree. I think work's done, unfortunately, if they're trading for someone to come in and, uh, the other trade, the other trade, I didn't really care about. I didn't really, I didn't even yeah. see it today. So, um, but it's all Vernon Adams. Uh, yeah, I, I actually do have one question for you. How do you think uh, the West will actually finish out here? You know, Labor Day is the unofficial start of the season. So, how do you think? Uh, how do you think the standings will be uh, come November? Oh, it, it all comes down to Calgary playing BC, right? In, in my mind, uh, Calgary six and four, three losses to Winnipeg, one to BC. And now Jake Mayer's at the helm. If they beat BC twice, they, they they still have a shot at second place in my mind. But, I mean, I think Adams is enough to keep uh, BC afloat, hold on second place. So, honestly, probably as it stands right now, uh, Winnipeg, BC, Calgary, Sask. To my, in my mind, the only move that can be made is Calgary could get above BC with a couple wins head-to-head. But uh, other than that, I honestly, I, I think it was it's pretty settled once Winnipeg's at 10-1 and and, and the rest of it has fallen the way it has. Saskatchewan schedule gets tough now, right? Like three games against Winnipeg for whatever you think of the rivalry and whatever you think three games against Winnipeg is, is rough. So uh, yeah, they're going to be, what are they, what are they? Nine and nine in the, in the best case, 10 and eight in the best case, it's, it's going to be tough from, for them to move up above Calgary. I guess I've got another question here for you as well. Right. I'm thinking of it. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, is is he done in the CFL right now? Yeah. Or yeah. he is? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is, is it injuries or what exactly is it exactly that that is causing him to be uh taken over by Jake Mayer? I wish I wish I knew for sure. Like there were there were rumblings that his shoulder was was the reason. It was it was going to be the reason if it didn't turn around in 22. Uh and that that might well be it, but as I watched him, and I like the last couple of weeks, I've been grinding through a lot of games to try to get caught up. And I just watched Calgary, and I just get so frustrated at all of that Calgary team going, this is what you're doing with Bagleton and Jordan and surprise performances from Malik Henry and stuff. Like, really? This is this is what's happening? Uh, when I watch Bo, I, I'm, I'm left with he he believes he can do things, but his body doesn't believe it as well. Right. Um, he he had one. Uh, I'm trying to remember because I've seen a thousand plays in the last couple of days. He was just throwing. It was like a little flare screen out to the right hand side. And it was one of those ones where Bo never ha- ne- never has to set his feet because he was is always really good. But he doesn't set his feet on this one and he throws an inaccurate pass that bounces off the ground. 
and it's six yards behind the line of scrimmage, which should be completed 95% of the time. And you just go, hmm, in my mind, what went through it was, oh, you're used to not having to set your feet, so you don't set your feet. And then now this was the result, whereas that used to be a completion and Kadeem Carey or whoever the running back was back in the day would just grab that and move on. Like Matt Dunnigan audibly went, oh, set your feet, like on the broadcast, talking over Marshall Ferguson. You go, yeah, he's not able to get away with the stuff that he used to. And to me, that's been that's been their downfall. Like uh, Marshall Ferguson had posted some stuff, and I went, I feel like their entire offense is, you know, little flat patterns to Bagleton or swing screens to Bagleton, and then guys set up six yards downfield for a hook pattern, and once in a while we hammer one deep. But it's just so frustrating to watch. And then to see last week, Jake Mayer comes in, and it – what was he 21 to 27 against the bombers and moving the ball and slinging it like it was time and i think what they showed in game number one was okay this was the right decision and if they roll it up twice on the elks in this home and home it's it, that's the end of Bowley by mitchell and calgary in my mind so that being said Right now, we know that there's one team that is desperate for anybody for a quarterback. Uh, he kind of is a guy that likes to chop wood and also uh, ends up going and being the general manager of the Elks. Uh, does, is Chris Bowen, does he? where does he find a quarterback for next year? Is, is it Bo Levi Mitchell? Is it Trey Ford? Has Taylor Cornelius showed enough? Or do, is there just a complete audible and he just pu- pulls in new? <laughs> I know. Oh, I never can even yeah. think you maybe I just finished the Taylor Cornelius versus Ottawa nine of twenty four game, and I, I I don't know how he's still the starter in Edmonton. Uh, honestly, I, I'm trying to think of any. You guys any got any college quarterbacks who were amazing six seven years ago in the NCAA that might still might be free somewhere? Like, uh, does anybody believe Jones cares about the offense at all? I kind of don't. Right. Like, I, I kind of don't think he cares very much. Uh, honestly, when next season rolls around, what's Trey Ford look like? He'll be coming off a broken collarbone at some point this year. But what what does Trey Ford look like? Kai Loxley seems to have found a niche as an offensive weapon slash receiver. So I don't know if his quarterback days are, are done in the Canadian Football League. But he's he's got to find somebody because Cornelius, we've had a season plus of Taylor Cornelius being – you know, teasing you with incredible gifts, strong arm, mobile, very calm in the pocket. We've also had him putting receivers in the hospital and just missing guys for touchdowns and then hammering it at Darrell Walker's feet. And I, I think, I think we've seen enough of that. So he's got to go somewhere. Uh, I just, I wonder if Chris Jones is enough about the, the talent that could be on the field versus the oh I, I got a little pop in the media because i signed vince young that kind of thing i and i don't have any evidence to say that offensively that's the case yeah i can't argue that i mean you've got brandon bridge when he was there i mean oh. kevin glenn uh wasn't carrie joseph brought back when jones was there if i'm not mistaken why does that, that sound that- familiar like durant was there for a little bit before he went on to montreal i believe yeah. but they like Brandon Bridge is the perfect example of I don't think they really cared about offense. Like to to have kept throwing Brandon Bridge out there and to leave Kevin Glenn dangling on a wire because he wanted to throw Bridge into a couple games. That guy made it so hard on his receivers for so long. And Jones is like, yeah, that's my guy. Ah, no, actually, you know what? Can I put him on defense in some fashion? And he's my guy on defense now. Like, 
come on. I, I just, I, I've never seen anything that makes me believe that he cares about offense. And the one time he won a great cup, he inherited Mike Riley. So what, what do I, what do we do with that prognosticating Edmonton for 2023? Yeah, I think he, you know, doesn't know. Oh, the only thing he cares about with the offense is using it as a tryout for defensive players, right? It's <laughs> right. just for the athletic ability to see who he can put out there on the defensive side. Of the see Deron Carter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rashawn Simonized, Charles Nelson. Like I, I admire guys who are innovative, like, with a guy like like with Rashawn Simonize, I get it. Like there's a guy who has incredible physical gifts and just through one, two, three organizations, I believe it is, hasn't been able to, to get a spot at receiver. So I'm gonna keep it alive in the CFL and maybe something works out. AC Leonard's a guy he took back in the day, and we're gonna quote the examples. AC Leonard was a uh, a slot receiver, boom, he's now a superstar defensive end. This guy became that guy, and on and on and on. But I mean, none of these guys were 30 plus and getting just raked over on the corner and safety. Like, come on, come on, come on. I get it, but come on. Uh, we're going to move on to talking about some CFL fantasy and making our picks against the spread here yet. Uh, Derek, you sticking around for that or uh, do you need, or do you need to drop off? Yeah, I got to bail out. I appreciate you guys having me though. Yeah, no, it's been a blast having you here. Thanks Adam for setting this up. First of all, thanks Derek for joining us here this evening. Uh, Lots of great insight. Uh, uh, obviously, people can hear you on the uh, the Bombers broadcast over on CJOB, but uh, where can they catch everything else you've got going on? We all know you're a busy man. Yeah, on Twitter, at DT on OB. Instagram is DT on CJOB. Uh, and Adam's got me on. Adam knows where to find me on the uh, on the uh, internet when he's uh, out in the combine. So, uh, yeah, I just listen live uh, for uh, Sunday's game. It's going to be good. Absolutely. I'll be sad. Trying to, I guess I got to listen over on the uh, on the Dolphin station because I get that one live still over on uh, in the combine here in Saskatchewan. It, it, for some reason, the uh, radios don't have a uh, blocker in uh, for Saskatchewan yet. So, love it. Right on. Well, Derek, we just first of all, just to say, you know, taking over the job as the Bombers play-by-play guy, you've done a fantastic job so far. We all love the insight, the ana- analytics you bring to it, uh, the fresh voice to it as well. Uh, so keep up the great work. Enjoy the great game this weekend in Regina. And uh, we look forward to uh, hearing you call it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Take care, Derek. All right. That was, wow. That was uh, the great Derek Taylor joining us here on our uh, Labor Day preview. Uh, that was great, wasn't it, guys? Absolutely. I mean, anytime you get to hear the... Uh the former bomber slash former former rider slash former TSN personality, Derek Taylor. I mean, the guy's so full of information and stats. I mean, if there's anybody that follows those games to a T and follows every little play, every little detail, it's Derek Taylor. And it's just awesome to hear him, uh, how he thinks of a football game. Right, Trey? Oh, exactly. I zoned out listening to him so hard. I forgot we were, I forgot I was on the show. I'm like the guys in the chat, just like, yeah, go on, Derek. Go on, man. It was so great. Uh, yeah, it was really good. Thank Adam, Adam, boy, man. I knew. I like my. I like my gift today. I knew a guy who knew a guy who somehow knew a guy or something like that. So. <laughs> well, you know what? I used to uh, be that annoying guy on uh, six twenty CKRM that used to always phone in. Uh, Adam from Theodore, and uh, yeah, I knew Derek from there from uh, phoning in way, way, way too many times over the years. Uh, so yeah, I figured, yeah, what the heck? I'll ask him if he's interested. And he was interested. So, uh, yeah, glad to have him on and, uh, you never know. Maybe we'll get somebody else next time also, or maybe Derek again. Never know. 
Yeah. Uh, thanks again to DT for joining us here this evening. Well, we spent uh, an hour or so talking uh, mostly about Bombers and Riders here so far. We touched a little bit on the Vernon Adams trade and, and all the other trade news here. Um, anything else on Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, the big rivalry here you guys have to mention before? You know, the I, I thought I was going to come in a referee outfit tonight. I thought I was going to need it. Y'all have been pretty tame so far. Maybe that uh, maybe going into next week with the rematch, though, after we see one game, uh, that might change things here a little bit. But uh, I tried to get Al Bradbury to come in to, uh, to uh, fill the role of referee here. But, uh, you know, I thought he was busy now, but uh, or free now. But I guess he uh, he's still a little bit busy there. So um, it, it's. Or nothing. It's Prue or nothing. If you get a ref, like, I don't even want to be on this. Like, Al Bradbury is great or whatever, but it has to be Prue or nobody. That? It's got to be Tim Croker. Tim Croker's the ref. You don't need oh. Andre Prue. You need Tim Croker. Well, let's move on to talk about the refs. Let's move on to talk about fantasy here. Just keep things moving along. Uh, we're going to skip the previews for the other three games. We'll touch on those a little bit throughout the fantasy and the betting segments as well, maybe a bit more descriptive on why we're leaning which way we are. So uh, let's start off with our uh, CFL Fantasy League matchups. So the three of us are playing in the uh, CFL Podcast Fantasy League. Uh, this week, uh, I'm taking on Steve from the Piffles Podcast. And we shouted it out last week, but uh, another shout out again here to the guys over at the Piffles Pod uh, holding a great uh, charity event uh, Labor Day weekend in Regina a dunk tank they, they're hosting there to uh, support cancer research, I believe. And they've raised uh, a good couple hundred uh, dollars there, I believe, so far this uh, it, with this venture. So kudos to them uh, at Piffles Pod, I believe, on Twitter to uh, go and see uh, everything they've been doing with that. Uh, so shout out to them uh, and shout out to Steve for everything he's doing with that. Uh, Trey, you're facing uh, Mike from Podski Wee Wee this week. You're looking to pick up another win there. Uh, Adam, you are on a bye week this week, so uh, I don't know. Uh, are you just not going to give picks during the fantasy segment here? Are you uh, taking a nap this week, or uh, what's happening here? Well, you know what? I still consider a bye a very worthy opponent, and I think that I got a good chance against him. I've never seen anybody beat the bye, but I've never seen anybody win against the bye. So, you know what? I guess I'll give some picks anyways, because I think that the bye is a worthy opponent. And uh, let's hope I beat the bye. <laughs> right on. Uh, so you can follow all of that uh, on Twitter at CFL Pod Fantasy to, to tune into the results of that league. But uh, let's start uh, talking CFL Fantasy picks for this week. Let's pull the charts up on the screen for those watching the video feed. Uh, let's start with the quarterback position here. Uh, the most expensive one that's going to be a starting quarterback this week is Zach Caleros of the Bombers. And uh, right behind him is Cody Fajardo of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So this game in particular, the two most expensive quarterbacks out there. Uh, cheapest starter is Nick Arbuckle at 62.86, who should get another start here for Ottawa after the win. Um, I also put Jamie Newman on the chart because he was taking first team reps for Hamilton this week in practice. Matt Schiltz out a couple weeks due to injury. Dane Evans, I think, missed practice today. Also didn't look great last game. So uh, I'll start off there. If you want to take a risk and watch the depth charts and you want to spend real low on quarterback, $5,000 Jamie Newman, who's gotten in for a couple rushing touchdowns his last three games, he's averaged almost six points. You need 
12 and a half to hit your value. But uh, if he gets in for reps, if uh, Matt, uh, I'm Dane Evans, I was going to say Matt Evans, I was going to mix the names, struggles, that's a potential play, but pretty risky. I don't know if I recommend it. For me, the big play this week is Jake Mayer. $8,080 last week came in, took over the starting role, put up 23.8. He's facing an Elks defense that has given up a lot. The Stampeders have torched the Elks defense a number of times or in two games so far this season. And uh, Mayer, to me, especially knowing that Edmonton's going to be without Kenny Lawler, their best offensive weapon, I think that Calgary's offense is going to be out on the field quite a bit. And that means Jake Mayer has the chance to shine. So that's the number one option at quarterback for me this week. Maybe Taylor Cornelius because the Stamps defense also gives up a lot. And even though he only completed 37% of his passes last week, he put up 27 fantasy points. But he's also up at $9,300 now. So those are kind of the options with the possible real low buy of Nick Arbuckle. Uh, if I just need a cheap starting quarterback this week or what I'm looking at at QB, let's start with you, Trey. Uh, who are you uh, got your eye on here? Uh, first, I was going to go with Trevor Harris, but I, I, I'm not a fan of this week's scheduling for fantasy. You know, there's a Friday game and then everything else goes Sunday, Monday. You should have put Ottawa, Montreal on Sunday just for fantasy people, man, because, you know, anything goes wrong Thursday, Friday or something, you're kind of tight for players. So I'm predominant. I changed to Jake Mayer when you were talking about it. And then I have all my players are going to be Sunday or Monday. I think that's a safe bet. You could like, you know, you got to think of it that way, too. Right. Uh, you very in NFL, you try not to put the Thursday nighters because then you're really pinched. Right. If anything goes wrong. So I'm not going to do it here. Uh but if you did want to go, I would go Trevor Harris, uh, but I probably would go with Jake Mayer. Adam, uh, what about you? I'm probably in the same place. I, uh, I'm i looking at Trevor Harris right now. I thought maybe at first that's who I was going to put in. Uh, he's playing a pretty weak Ottawa defense, so to me that's not a bad pick. But then you got to remember, Jake Mayer is also playing the Edmonton defense, which uh, we don't know which Edmonton defense is going to show up. So... Uh, literally, we don't know the players probably because half of them are cut and replaced already this game. Uh, so, you know what? Especially after seeing the defensive back uh, get traded off to uh, Montreal today uh, for the Edmonton Elks. And again, I can I, I am terrible with names, so I apologize. I do know that they're a, he was a pretty good defensive back. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to take Jake Mayer right, uh, Mayer right now. And... Uh, We'll see how it goes. I'm not allowed to take Zach Caleros apparently this week. So, because otherwise Trey would, uh, yeah, he even disappeared when I even mentioned the name. So yeah, there's that. Anyways. No, 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 I heard you. I just have to, I have to go deal with my kids. I just, I heard you. Don't worry. (laughs) I I can't put the defense in. You can't put Zach Caleros in, man. That's, that's the way she goes. (laughs) I don't remember this rule. Uh, Do I get a ruling from the commissioner? Uh, for the, the antics of Labor Day, I'll allow it. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll say this is in place. That means I can't take any Winnipeg players or just Eckler. Uh, no, you know what? You're on the bye. I don't care. You're on the bye. doesn't matter, man. doesn't matter. <laughs> Pick all we'll riders next week. All Ryan this week. Cody Fajardo it is. <laughs> hey, Cody Fajardo did put up big numbers last week. He put up 24.6. Uh, you guys seemed high on Trevor Harris. I didn't mention him as much before. Big 26-point week from him last time out before the bye week. And again, like you said, playing that Ottawa defense. So 
Uh, with Vernon Adams off to BC, uh, Trevor Harris better come out and perform here. Otherwise, uh, Danny Machocha might be uh, eating his uh, move there a little bit. So uh, we'll see what he does. I, I just want to mention one other thing here real quick. How is Taylor Cornelius worth $9,310? I know I picked him last week because I had to fit my, ros- fit my roster to make him work. But how is Taylor Cornelius worth $9,310? Because – because over the last three games, he's averaged 24.5 fantasy points, which is almost 10 points more than anybody else on this list. You, he's got the rushing touchdowns. He's rushing for 50 to 80 yards a game. So yeah, fantasy football, you don't need a successful passer. You want a quarterback that can run, a quarterback that's going to do his own sneaks. And that's what Taylor Cornelius has been. And that was the appeal of uh, Caleb Evans when he was the starter as well. So yeah, Cornelius still a very tempting option for me because uh, I think he could against that Calgary defense. I think he's throwing for more than thirty-seven percent of his passes this time around. If the rushing game stays there for him, I think he can potentially hit that uh, around that amount he normally does. So yeah, I've got my eye on on Cornelius this week as well. Uh, at running back, Kadeem Carey is the most expensive at eighty-four seventy-one this week of the of the starters. Uh, all the way down to uh, presumably Ante Milanovic Litre at twenty seven sixty six is the cheapest. Interesting week at running back here. You know, uh, you want to go Kadeem Carey against that Elks defense that is worst in the league against the run. You think he could eat him up, but what's the running back situation going to look like for Calgary? Because Peyton Logan got a lot of reps in against the Bombers and they used him pretty effectively. He comes in at sixty three fifty five. Uh, he's averaged 14.9 his past three games, and he wasn't the starting running back really in any of those. So Peyton Logan to me is an intriguing play. I always struggle to spend that much on a guy who's listed as the backup running back though. So that's something that, you know, I'm hemming and hawing back and forth. Uh, Brady Oliveira at 69.71, you know, he's had a solid 15.7 the past number of weeks, uh, last three weeks. You don't know what you're going to get from that game against the Riders and that Riders defense, though. Generally, they seem to be one of the better defenses against the run. Sometimes they give games up. Honestly, the two options I've got pretty much locked into my lineup this week. I'm going around the $4,000 mark. I'm going to Frankie Hickson of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at 41-48. I saw a lot of speed from Hickson against BC last game, and I saw a very similar model to what Calgary did with Peyton Logan against the Bombers. And I think they're going to watch that game film and see how Peyton Logan tore that defense apart. And assuming Jason Moss does what he's supposed to as offensive coordinator, which is always the gamble. I think that Frankie Hickson could be in for a big day and he's got a pretty low price here. The other one I really like is Devonte Williams of the Ottawa red blacks. He's averaged 9.8 his last three games. You need about 10 to hit full value out of him. Uh, William Powell's on the six game injured list. Williams gets the start at running back. He's had some decent weeks, nothing major, but he's also facing an Alouette's defense that's second worst in the league against the run. So I kind of like the matchup and the cheap play from those two guys there. Am I in my lineup this week? Uh, what are you guys looking at here? Let's start with you, Adam. Well, first things first, I'm going to go with Frankie Hickson. I think that uh, he's going to run right over top of uh, Willie Jefferson. Then he's going to run over top of Jeff Jackson, Jeff Coat, And then he's going to go and nail Adam Big Hill in the secondary when he gets back there. No? No trash talking yet, Trey? Oh, I just see you're drinking out of that Winnipeg cup. I think, Anyways, I think this new mic is broken. I heard him say he was, they were going to run over all those guys. Is that right? I know. 
Oh, I think you need to send that back to Amazon, man. That's that mic's not working. Oh, well, nevertheless, I guess I'll get it checked out later. The other pick, I'm not sure yet, in all honesty. I'm looking at either uh, uh, right now, it could be Jess Juan Antwi, just because they're playing Ottawa, and Ottawa has not really been great against the run this year at all. Uh, might not be a bad choice. He's at 52.89, a little more expensive, but I just don't know about him or Peyton Logan. I think Peyton Logan, they're going to bring out uh, if nothing else in the second half, because they're up by 30 early in the game against Edmonton. I think this is one where Edmonton is going to have a complete collapse because they're in Calgary. So I, it's either going to be Logan or Antwi for me. Uh, Trey, I would imagine somebody in blue is going to be on your roster. Yeah. First off, it's going to be a double blue. I'm going to go with AJ Olette. Uh Start off with that. Uh, I, I, I have a, I don't know. I just, Looking at his profile picture, I look like feel like I'm looking in the mirror. So I kind of have to take the guy. I feel like we're long lost twins, you know. Here, uh, somehow separated ones in Winnipeg and ones from Louisiana. But he, I, I, I like what he's gonna have. You know, I, he's a big guy. I think he's gonna rumble to get those swing passes. And my other spot, yes, I'm gonna have to go with the Winnipeg native playing in Mosaic. You know, it's kind of you kind of have to. You got to go with that. Dembski seems to always play great against him. Harris has always played good against him. So I'm hoping Oliveira does the same. Ryan, back to you, man. You got to remember, though, that your Winnipeg guy running back usually does better when he has something in his arm or something. So I don't know if uh, Oliveira does that. So, you know. That's fine. That's fine. The I swear to God, if, if, it hit, if, the, if the game ends in the ball hitting the upright again, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> The shots are coming out here. There we go. Uh, I'm too tired for this, man. I, I got, I'm trying to mentally prepare for a Sunday in Regina, man. I don't got time <laughs> right now. I freaked out my girlfriend. I, told, I freaked out. This is my girlfriend's first Labor Day. I said, just don't make eye contact with anyone in the bathroom. So now she says she's not going to the bathroom for the whole game. So I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> We you're not that bad. I mean, the, the no, worst no, is somebody will try to toilet you or try to dunk your head in the toilet. That's the worst that will happen. Yeah, that's not, that's not, I mean, they flush first. They flush first in Regina, man. They flush first. Yeah, that's optional. But you know, we'll be nice about it. <laughs> I love it, guys. I love it. Uh, you mentioned AJ Olette there, Trey. Interesting for him this week because two weeks ago he was the big play there when he had almost 90 yards receiving. The last week he seemed to disappear, so it's almost like, what are we going to get? I think it's going to be somewhere more in between, which at his price at 4200 yeah, I think that's a, that's a good value play there as well, potentially, uh, for Olette against the Ticats. Uh, looking at wide receivers now, I'll scroll through the list here while we go through them, because uh, there's always a lot to pick from. Eugene Lewis is the most expensive at over $10,000. Uh, all the way down to a number of guys at 2,500. So uh, let's go to you first, Trey. Uh, who are you looking at as potential wide receiver plays this week? Oh, this is simple, man. Like I said, Nick Dembski, you know, going, uh, go, yeah, he played a couple years there, right? I, I, yeah, right. He was drafted by the Riders. So going back to where, you know, he initially played CFL football, but as a Winnipeg boy, uh, he always seems to light it up. And I'm also going to go with the rookie of the year, Dalton Schoen. Hard to go against him. And I'm going to go with the guy now listed as wide receiver, Greg McRae. I'm going to go all blue yeah, there. I, I, I'll risk it this week. I'll pull uh, I'll pull it. I, I got a different quarterback, but other than that, I'm going to go all blue. Adam? 
I am going uh, to go, well, two out of the three at least for green. I'll think on the third one here. But uh, the first one is Braden Lenius. $3,900. That is a steal for Braden. Or $3,484. That's a steal for a guy that just came out of NFL camp. He knows the playbook in Saskatchewan. Let's face it, he's worked well with Cody Fajardo in the past. That's a big, big gain and a lot, great deal if you're looking for some great buys. Uh, the second one I'm looking at right now is Keon Schaefer-Baker. He's gotten me points over all year. Just like Dalton's shown for uh, Trey, most times I do put Keon Schaefer-Baker in. By the way, he's Canadian. So that one there just makes me feel all so much better, especially when they unfurl that big flag over at Mosaic Stadium. As long as they don't have Trey unfolding it and going and waving, uh, that would be weird. Yeah, they rejected my. They rejected it. They just instantly said we don't allow any emails coming in from Manitoba, and that was... we we didn't know if you guys knew what the flag was. That's probably why. So you know, yeah, we and, know what it is. Those are those things that those truckers had right on the back of their trucks, right? That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I think they yeah. came from Alberta or something. Anyways, uh so that's the second one. The third one I'm really debating here. I really want to do all riders, and I guess I'm on the bye weeks. I could get away with it. Uh, I was actually going to use a flex play and go and play uh, uh, Keaton LaFrance just to go and mess with uh, mess with Winnipeg fans. But you know what? I don't know. To me, I'm looking at a guy like uh, like Malik Henry who had a great game. you got to play that one play that's going to give you a really a big advantage because, again, I'm not paying much. For a guy like Braden Lenius. So if I can get him for $3,484, I've got extra room on my salary for a big player. Malik Henry has had these amazing games. Again, last week, 37.2 points. How do you say no to that? Uh, the other option could be Duke Williams. I'm still upset though at the time when he got me zero points in one big game. So, you know, that the the pill uh, is still hard to take on that one. So probably I'm going to look at Malik Henry for my third pick. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Is Duke Williams looking like he'll be back in the lineup this week? I know he said he was going to miss at least one, maybe more. I wasn't sure, so I put him on the he, list here. He missed, he missed the first practice, but he's expected to go into the practice where, like, with riders always do a practice with no media availability. So it sounds like he's going to practice in that one or see what he can do. Uh the one that will be back, though, is Shaq Evans will be back full practice this week uh, today. I would presume he will be full practice tomorrow. So if you're not wanting, if you're wanting to go all green for uh, nostalgia purposes, Shaq Evans wouldn't be a bad choice. He's not a terrible price either. Um, one of my favorite things is trying to scroll through this list and predict which guy you guys are going to before you do so that I can hone in on them on the list. I, I knew you were going Keon Schaefer-Baker, but I thought he was going to be the first one before you and Braden Lenius. Uh, for me, I, I'm happy to hit Malik Henry there because that is a major play I'm looking at this week as well. Last week, he regained his mojo against the Bombers. Other than that, his two good games this year came against the Edmonton Elks. He had monstrous efforts against the Elks this season, was probably one of the top fantasy players in those two games. And I expect them to pass a lot against that Elks defense. So, yeah, I like Malik Henry at $8,094 this week. Uh, he's averaging 16.8 in his last three games. So he needs 20. I think he can hit that. I also really like Tim White because he's the clear most used receiver in Hamilton. Like he he's averaged in his last three, 26.5 points. 
which is by far the best in the league. He's put 21.7 up last week. I think he'll continue to do so, be the number one guy, regardless of who's at quarterback there for Hamilton. So I like some, actually like some more expensive plays this week. Uh, getting into some of the other ones here as well. You guys touched on Nick Dembski, Keon Schaefer-Baker. Yeah, hemming and hawing on some of those. Dalton Schoen had a weird down week last week at 5.4. And this is where I sometimes struggle of, okay, is this the start of a pattern or is that a one-off? And then now they're going to bounce back with another big week. You know, was last week going away from Dalton Schoen gamesmanship by Mike O'Shea because everybody thought they were going to go to him. And now all of a sudden you've introduced Greg McRae and Dembski and all of that more effectively in the offense. So does that open room up for him? I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to go and bank on the bounce back week for him here against the division rival. Uh, I like potentially Nate Bahar from Ottawa. He's averaged 10.6 points his last couple weeks. He's that 10.5 on the season. He needs 13.7. I'm thinking of putting him in my lineup for a middle-priced receiver. I'm also thinking of putting in Reggie White Jr. from the Montreal Alouettes, who uh, was the the hero last time around for Montreal from Trevor Harris. Uh, And if you want to bank on a big passing day against that uh, Red Blacks defense, I think he's a cheap, affordable option. That could bring you a bunch of points here. He's been pretty consistent. No huge game breakers, but some potential plays there. Scrolling through the rest of the list here, Uh, If you want a cheap Hamilton receiver, Poppy White played pretty well for me last week with 15.9 points. He's at $3,500. Braden Lenius, I mean, yeah, you touched on him. If he's in the lineup and he's ready to go, it's tempting to put him in seeing what he did last season. Man, so many guys this week, it's tough to choose from. And then, of course, the Philpott brothers, depending on who's in the lineup. If Tyson Philpott's in there for Montreal, uh, he played really good uh before he got injured last time out there also so potentially looking at that play there so yeah tossing around a lot of options myself currently i think right now the lineup i had had something like uh malik henry uh dalton shown and uh tyson philpot i think it was or something of of that variety uh reggie white jr sorry uh but uh it'll depend on the depth charts i think for me and my Honestly, my gut feel come the day of, but I can guarantee it's mostly going to be those guys in my lineup. Uh, over on the defensive uh, position here, uh, Toronto's the most expensive defense now at 38.80. Calgary's at 38.50. Ottawa's at 32.58. Everybody else is at 3,200. The defense I like is that Argos defense, despite the price. They have been boomer bust so far this season, but when they boomed, they boomed well. Uh, they've put up big totals. They did last week. I don't trust Dane Evans. I frankly don't at this point in the season. I expect a couple of turnovers just like last week for the Argos defense. It's not that much more expensive than the minimum price. If I can fit them in, I'm going Argos defense here. But uh, what are you guys looking at on defense? Uh, let's start with you, uh, Trey. Oh, of course, I'm going to take the Saskatchewan Rough Rider defense. Of course, isn't it obvious, boys? No, I'm going to take the Winnipeg Blue Bombers one. I'm going to keep it pretty consistently blue. Uh, one of those boys are going to pick off a ball and throw it into that, throw it to me in the stands, and uh, I think we'll walk home happy. Uh, with I think, honestly, I, I don't know. I think Fajardo and how the team has been going, it's kind of hard to see him not be staring up at that nice blue Saskatchewan sky all day. Like, you know what I mean? It's really hard not to imagine that with how the team and that offensive line's been going. But 
Labor Day is crazy, right? Anything can happen. And <clears throat> but yeah, I'm gonna go with Winnipeg. Uh, Adam, what about you, man? Looks like a nice uh, that looks like a nice Chris Streveler uh, Jets jersey you're wearing, though. That's the kind of the color I see. Yeah, yeah, it'll look good on him when he's wearing a practice roster jersey. Anyways, uh, what I'm looking at here is I would love to do uh, Trey's pick. On all honesty, I wanted to pick the Winnipeg Blue Bombers so bad because I have a funny feeling that Jefferson and Jeffcoat, although they won't stop Frankie Hickson, they'll stop that uh, Cody Fajardo, and it could be a long night of uh, Cody Fajardo looking up at the sky and uh, doing some clouds uh, searching. Unfortunately, that's not good for Saskatchewan. So I am going to take the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders defense only for one reason. Well, actually, there's two defenses I'm predicting. Calgary, I think, is a good choice. 38-50. Again, they're playing the Edmonton Elks, who Taylor Cornelius, yeah, he's been doing stuff because he's been running. Calgary's good against the run, uh, especially a running quarterback. So to me, I like Calgary right now. Uh, I'll probably end up taking Calgary. But if I do take it into Saskatchewan, here's why. Craig Butler used to smoke guys in Labor Day or in a banjo bowl. If you haven't seen it up on Twitter uh, yet, uh, go check out my Twitter account. You'll see a great video of uh, Buck Pierce ending up getting absolutely destroyed by Craig Butler. It probably would be a 15-yard penalty now uh, or a game ejection because it looks so bad, even though uh, uh, Mr. Pierce was okay. But I still say that Mr. Pierce doesn't know what he's doing anymore because of that hit. So I'll say that... Uh, yeah, Saskatchewan there might have an opportunity to make some plays. But you know what? Probably I'll end up picking Calgary. I had a feeling you two would be leaning towards your respective defenses uh, for the most part. Uh, that doesn't surprise me one bit. Uh, Montreal intrigues me a little because they're playing Ottawa. They've gotten good pressure. They had a good game against Winnipeg, it seemed. But more often than not, honestly, I just don't trust the discipline. Like, I can't. I can't expect Montreal to not get a sack and have it be roughing the passer, to not get a pick and have it be defensive pass interference. So I don't know if I can trust that there. So uh, I like Toronto as my pick for defense this week. Uh, of course, those are your fantasy options for week number 13. Make sure you check the depth charts. And uh, uh, as the guys mentioned earlier, you know, careful with the games this weekend with Friday night and then uh, Sunday and then two games on Monday, leave yourself roster flexibility where you can. Uh, let's move on to our betting segment here where we're going to make our picks against the spread powered by BetStamp because BetStamp is an online app that helps you find the best odds for your online sports betting wagers. Uh, you can learn more at betstamp.app and uh, let them know we sent you. Sign up with referral code CFC. You can track the picks we're going to make here shortly uh, by, by looking in the marketplace there for uh, at CF Countdown Pod is our username. Or you can find Trey's individual picks at CF, Trey CF Countdown. Uh, speaking of which, resident betting expert, Trey, are you ready to go for our uh, picks this week? Yeah, I actually have it all prepared for once, boys. Uh, just a real recap. Uh, last week was a eh, week. You guys both went two and two. I went one and three. Not my finest week, but, you know, took the week off trying to focus more on this upcoming week. Uh, we're all doing pretty good. Uh, I'm 28 and 19. Ryan's 26 and 21. And Adam? Still need to. You're still around the 500 mark, man. If 24 and 23, you're getting. You'll get us. You'll get back into it. I'm sure you'll have a couple wins this week uh, going forward. So let's look at the first game, Friday night football. Uh, Ottawa going into Montreal. Ooh, I didn't know the line was that big. 
Oh boy, that's it. <laughs> through my hang off. I don't know why I was thinking it was two. I'll still take Montreal uh, minus four and a half at Cool Bet. I, I think uh, I I hate the East. I wanted to ask Derek Taylor about the East, but he had to go. Uh, what he thought it was on the, about the East. That, uh, this is a tough game, but I'm gonna go with Montreal. Ryan, what about you? I'm going to go with Ottawa in this one, I think, at the plus four and a half. It's another hard one for me where the the spreads honestly get me because I'm like, oh, well, if I take Ottawa plus four and a half, then I have the chance of, I think Ottawa could win this game outright. So that gets me it correct. Or I think, you know, even if they don't, I still have four and a half points of leeway. So I think that's where I struggle the most and we'll get into that with another game here yet too. But I don't know, Ottawa coming off the win, I like that for them. I don't think it's going to be fantastic, uh, real dominant effort here for them, but I think they can win a close one here. Mostly I'm just concerned about Montreal's discipline problems. They barely beat Hamilton when they really shouldn't have coming into the bye. I'm also really worried about the distractions in Montreal this week. This week has been an on arguably a nightmare of a bye week from a news perspective it feels like for Montreal there's been so much going on for a team that's right there in the standings I, I feel like that could be a bit of a distraction so yeah give me Ottawa here I don't know if I'm picking them to win outright I mean I might just because you get the better payout for it you know take a chance on it but uh I I, I will at least take them at the plus four and a half here from bet 99 Adam I'm looking at this one and I'm not really sure because I have a funny feeling Montreal's locker room might be in a little bit of an uproar after a lot of little bit of movement. And that sometimes is weird chemistry. And when you move a guy like Vernon Adams Jr. who's been there, who has signed up to be your starting quarterback, and then all of a sudden you trade him off to BC and the guy that traded him, oh, by the way, he's also your head coach. That could mess with some teams. I don't know if Montreal's quite prepared for the uh, backlash that might be coming for them. So I think I'm going to take Ottawa actually in this one, which sounds really strange because I've been saying take Montreal the whole time tonight, uh, essentially with all my picks in fantasy. But you know what? I just have a funny feeling. Ottawa is who I'm going to pick here this week. No, it makes sense. That was my least confident I've been in Montreal anytime I've taken them for sure. And I agree with what you guys both say. I guess I'm looking at the other side. They're at home. And maybe this gives an opportunity for Trevor Harris to rally the troops. You know what I mean? You know, that that that's just as possible as what Adam said is the locker room blows up. It could also just rally together and uh uh, you know, go forward, but we'll find out Friday night. On to oh, the one that we really want to talk about. Wow. I'm... Why, don't move, why don't we move on to this one for last? Just because. Yeah, keep on. Yeah, keep going. Keep going here. We'll go to Monday, holiday Monday, uh, last day of no school for you kiddies out there. So, uh, Toronto and Hamilton. Oh, basically a pick em. Oh, my goodness. I was not prepared. I, I didn't look at them because they always change on me. So, I didn't look at them this week. And now I'm not super prepared. I'm going to go with Toronto, just with the uncertainty at Hamilton's quarterback. I know like it's really hard for to pick any Eastern team, but this one might be one I switch depending on who when depth charts come out. But I think I'm going to go Toronto plus one, not bet 99. Uh, Adam? I'm looking at Hamilton, and I say that they're probably due for a win just because Toronto was pretty uh, pretty decent last week. Uh I don't know. I this one here again because it's a essentially a pick 'em. Ah, uh, you know what? 
just because I know it'll drive Ryan insane. I'm going to pick the Argonauts uh, because they always mess with, mess with Ryan and uh, we'll go from there. So probably, yeah, you should probably pick the Ticats, Ryan. Well, Toronto's messed with my picks often enough, so I don't know if you can see it on the video here, but I have my selfie coin here. It is my Bombers uh, 20, I believe it's the 2019 Grey Cup coin. There we go. We got Grey Cup champs on one side. We'll call that heads. We've what? got uh, this uh, this nice uh, uh, 90 seasons on the other side here. We'll call that tails. Uh, Trey, as our betting expert, I'll get you to call it in the head. Uh, or call it in the air. Uh, if it's heads, it's Toronto. If it's tails, it's Hamilton. Are we ready? What, I'm, what am I calling? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I messed this <laughs> up. <laughs> I guess there's no need to call anything. I'll just flip it. Well, I am taking the Toronto Argonauts to win this game, so they will probably lose. On a side note, give me one second here. Okay, while well, Adam's going, uh, no, I was actually kind of leaning towards Toronto on this one. I'm not confident in Dane Evans uh, right now. If Matt Schiltz was in, maybe I'd think it's a different story. But, you know, Toronto, more often than not, even when they play inconsistent football, they're still finding a way to either come real close or win in this one, win. So you get the extra plus one. That doesn't really matter. Uh, but, yeah, the coin says Toronto, so I'm going Argos. Hey, Ryan, I'm sorry, but you can't use a Blue Bomber coin. That's not allowed right now. You need to use one of these. These are the uh, 100th anniversary Saskatchewan Rough Rider coin. Oh. Are we going to start doing show and tell of our coin collections here on the podcast, guys? I think that's for the off-season, Ryan. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, when the slow off-season episodes, right? When we have nothing to talk about in February and March, we'll we'll bring out the coin collections. You guys couldn't do that. Uh, no, I agree with, uh, well, okay, Ryan just went with the coin toss, but I guess I agree with what you guys said. It's 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 Labor Day, though. Who knows? So let's go on to the finale of the weekend. Ooh, the pesky Elks go into Calgary. Um, That's a college. The NCAA just started, eh? And that's a college spread right there. <clears throat> Shoot. Hmm. I like that number, the straight out, though, with Edmonton winning at 5.45, man. Put 10 bucks down on that, and you can buy yourself a nice dinner on Tuesday or on Monday night. Uh, oh, my gosh. I wanted to do this quick, and this one. Give me Calgary. Give me Calgary. Jake Mayer might just carve this. I know this isn't Thanksgiving, but they're going to carve them up like a turkey on a holiday Monday here. Uh, this might be another one I switch on Monday. Yeah, I'll go 12 and a half cool bet. Adam, uh, you can tell me how I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. I'm going to actually take Calgary as well, just because Jake Mayer, I mean, Mayer, he he lit up the beast, uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, which is pretty tough to do, if I'm not mistaken, except for this week. They usually don't get, they end up getting lit up this week usually. But you know what? I'll take the Calgary Stampeders at 12 and a half, just because I really think that Jake Mayer, is the next quarterback. He's going to be the next bow. Uh, maybe with a little less attitude, let's hope. Uh, maybe a little more humble. And uh, I hope that uh, Jake Mayer uh, wins this one here against the Elks. And yeah, I'll take him for 12 and a half. Oh, this one's hard. The, again, the line being so big scares me. Like that's a big total for anybody to win by. So 
part of me is tempted to go Edmonton's direction. And you mentioned the outright payout for taking the Elks at four, 5.45 from Coolbet. Like almost anytime I see a line that big in the, the CFL, it's kind of tempting to put a couple bucks down on it or, or to chain it together with something else because the CFL is so unpredictable. Like I could see a scenario where Edmonton somehow does win this football game. They're playing on the road, so they have a better chance than next week when they play the rematch at home. Um, but Kenny Lawler's out. Manny Arsenault's out. Who's Taylor Cornelius throwing the ball to? Like, uh, you better get peak Darrell Walker from, like, what, 2018, 2016, et cetera, and then some here for Edmonton. I think Calgary uh, just has the offensive firepower. I don't think Edmonton has it right now. So I don't want to disagree with you guys on this one, so I'm going to go Calgary at minus 12 and a, 12 and a half and uh, hate myself if I get that one wrong. And the person you're looking for for who he's going to throw it to? Deron Carter. <laughs> Why isn't that like a prop bet? Deron Carter uh, receiving touchdowns. Uh... It would just take all of uh, Trey's money. That's why. <laughs> yeah, it has to be fair. There has to be a chance of it to happen to bet on it, Ryan. So, you know. Um, yeah, let's go back. to We skipped the game. Let's go back to the one that uh, we all care about. Or the guys on the show care about. I'm going to read some quick stats here. A certain team from Manitoba six and zero on the road and five and zero in division, while a team just slightly west, six hours I believe on number one highway, is a uh, three and three at home and three and two in the division. And I know sometimes records don't matter in Labor Day, but I'm gonna go with Winnipeg uh, three and a half. I have to take that one. That's an easy one. That's uh, yeah, shocker, shocker. If we had the had the. Uh, animation for shocker of the show award here i think that would be that one me taking winnipeg uh, ryan come on buddy i know what you're gonna say no i think we gotta go to adam here first on oh. this one bomber fan trey uh, rider fan adam and then all I, I assume i'm gonna be breaking the tie here well you know what i'm gonna try to convince he should be picking the saskatchewan rough riders and i'm gonna drop some numbers on you too trey uh, 27 and 16, the riders always lead Labor Day. It don't matter if we're one and nine, nine and one. If we don't get to the uh, playoffs this year, there's only one game that matters in Saskatchewan, and that's the Labor Day Classic. We don't lose the Labor Day Classic. Before your guys' little streak here, one game streak, or whatever you guys want to call this now in uh, Winnipeg, it's one, one game that you guys have on a streak right now uh, during Labor Day. Uh, before that, I think we won 11 in a row, if I'm not mistaken. And some of those games were, what, 54 to 10. Uh, there was the Brett Lowther uh, jump into pill country. We all remember that. We remember Kerry Joseph going and pulling it down for a win. And, oh, by the way, that was in 07. That was also a very good year on some other reasons. Uh, overall, the Riders win Labor Day. This is how it always works. This is how it's always going to be. Uh I can't see how riders lose Labor Day. Just I don't care if it's uh, you could put the all-star lineup of defense of Winnipeg up against Cody Fajardo, or you could put him up against Kevin Glenn, or you could put him up against Kerry Joseph, or you could put him up against Darian Durant. It don't make a difference in the quarterback. It's always going to be a very good game. It's always going to be entertaining. It's always going to be fun, but this is our Iron Bowl, if you know Alabama and Auburn. 
And this is our uh, Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers. This game here means everything to the people of Saskatchewan. Our our, uh, premier back in the day used to go and play a banjo just to make fun of this. Uh, It was a game that just people love. And you know what? It's not the, uh, it's the fact that we're so similar. We always are the same kind of teams. We all are passionate about our players. We all love playing the banjo. Troy Westwood also likes playing it with an extra tooth out. Uh, we never know about him. Nate Davis likes to go and uh, urinate on the tra- on the pole. There's so many classics that you can remember from Labor Day. But you know what? One of the classics that everybody always remembers is that usually Saskatchewan ends up winning Labor Day, and we never talk about the Banjo Bowl. So I'm going to go with the Rough Riders, obviously, because I can't see how they lose this game at all. Uh, I'm going to say that the Riders will win this by probably over what they're even getting at at four and a half. Ryan? Real quick, I want to throw one more piece in this to Ryan here. And because you're throwing a lot of stats there, and a lot of that is true. But the important thing is, is that one game run and the West final run, which I know it's not Labor Day, but it's a big game in Mosaic. So how many of those wins, the 39 and whatever, went over the three plus decades when the Bombers were really crappy. Remember that, Ryan, going into this, man. History only means nothing, man, because that that we had we were a different team then. Yes, we had some solid teams in the 80s and, and stuff like that, but we're a different team. I could probably speak. You and I uh, have not been around for many of these good years, man. My kids believe that the Bombers only win now because that's all they've seen at home. Ryan, buddy, I, 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 don't, I would hate to have to block you. I want to just throw in <laughs> one other little piece here. Uh, just to remind you, this is probably a most complete rider offense that we've seen all season so far. Jack Evans is back. Kyron Moore is back. Braden Lanius is playing. Frankie Hickson has been looking pretty darn good. Riders have been running the ball the last week, which was big. Uh, and remember, if we run the ball over 125 yards, we win. It's just the rules. Uh, to me. Complete, but it's still Swiss cheese, man. Like, come on. That offensive line is still Swiss cheese. Hey, we see the reversal this year. Uh, Saskatchewan's not hitting the crossbar or the uprights anymore. Seems to be Winnipeg that nails that cross right bar upright. To me, I think you got to go with Saskatchewan just because they could jump in the uh, in the crowd there and have fun and not get fined doing it. This has been a great debate, guys. This has been fantastic. It almost makes me think we got to do this segment going forward. Of one person takes one team, one person takes the other team. You convince the other person for the tiebreaker in the middle, uh, or we can do something along that at some point. Uh, Oh, you both put up good arguments. Uh, Adam, you did lose a few points there for saying you don't see any way the 10 and one bombers could win this game or any way the riders could lose. I, I can think of some, uh, several actually ways that could happen. I, I, can, I can think of two on the D line. That could be why we lose this game. <laughs> But honestly, you didn't need to convince me. And uh, Bomber fans, Trey, feel free to burn me at the stake at IG Field. But I'm taking the Riders to cover the plus four and a half. Labor Day's funky. Labor Day's weird. Uh, I liked what I saw from Saskatchewan. I'll I'll explain why here. I like what I saw from Saskatchewan last week. I thought they took steps forward. Adam, you mentioned the most complete offense they have this week. I do like that for them. Uh, And I've said all season that I think they're going to get better once everybody's back and healthy. My big concern that's going to turn the tide of this game is that trench battle, that offensive line for Saskatchewan, who, yeah, gave up seven sacks even in the win last week. 
But I got to say the Bombers defensive line isn't as scary this year. Like we're looking at Trevor Harris didn't get sacked too many times by the Bombers defense. Jake Mayer was held pretty upright last week as well. They're not as tenacious as we normally see it. So uh, trying to separate the fandom here a little bit. You know, I can see Winnipeg still winning this game for sure. I could see Saskatchewan also pulling it out because of the Labor Day weirdness. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to. You know, I think these next two weeks, it's going to split, right? Like, I, I don't see one team sweeping these. Which team, which game do I think Saskatchewan has a better chance of winning? It's the first one. So I will go on that theory, and I will take the Riders at plus four and a half from Tony Bet And uh, Trey, I understand if this is the end of our friendship, and uh, we've had a nice run. Yeah, I'm just, I'm keeping the mic. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that friends off. No, I, I see the point. No. Remember, Ryan, you could take the closest Greyhound out of uh, Winnipeg. Just uh, maybe don't take it. Uh, maybe don't take the Greyhound. Now that I thought about it, it's, doesn't work well in Manitoba. Just, just remember, my hometown's Verdon, Manitoba, man. That's a pretty big stop for the Greyhound. I am, there might be some tax out on the highway if Ryan's trying to escape, man. But uh, no, if I take my hat off for a second, and I'm honestly looking at this as like a proper podcast, whatever got goofball with a podcast we are. Yes. Saskatchewan historically probably should win this game. I'm actually surprised the line is four and a half. I'm surprised this isn't more a pick based off of history's sake, but they're probably going off of more to this year's stats. That being said, I just, I wouldn't be able to sleep this week. If I, in good, I took the Riders to win the Great Cup. If you want to go back to our preview season show, I took the Riders beating us, uh, beating the Bombers in the West Finals, and I took them to the Great Cup. So I did that. I did my uh, non-bias there now this week i get to be biased and say the bombers are gonna win 50 nothing or whatever the only no not mean not that big but they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna dominate and the only thing that wouldn't help the rough riders win is if in the fourth quarter uh chris traveler comes out of the tunnel and plays for you guys that's the only way you guys would win chris traveler comes out of the tunnel he'll be wearing a buffalo suit and probably egged or joining up in the cfl uh charity thing i think uh the CFL fans fight cancer. I'm sure Steve would love to have him over there. So, you know, I was going to uh, ask you that. I was going to ask you that. How much would you pay to dunk me, man? Oh, if that's up, I, uh, I, I don't know, know if I can be, if, if it's on Saturday, I, right. I don't think I can make that, but Oh, I would love, to, I've done, I've done dunk tanks, man. I've, I've been the guy I'm, I love it. Uh, I also I also got to say, you know, we outnumber Adam three Bomber fans to one Ryder fan on this podcast. I had to throw him a bone here. Couldn't just go both Bomber fans going Winnipeg. So, uh, Adam, remember this once I uh, do something that uh, ruins our friendship the way I just did to Trey. On a side note, Trey, what scares me is, I yes, you did pick the Riders to win the Grey Cup, but you also did predict an East crossing over to a West. And I mean... <laughs> I, I do remember that one also. So that that doesn't hold me confident about the Riders and going to the Grey Cup. I did like what Derek Taylor said. That's actually interesting that someone finally said maybe the East. Like, it's, it's always a lot of people say the East would be better, but then it never actually happens. But it might be this year for Saskatchewan. But I just picked the wrong Rough Rider team, right? I said Ottawa, and then that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. So, yeah, uh, I usually uh, post my tweets on my Twitter account, at Trey MB Hearts, if you want to keep up to date with that. And I usually have some kind of funny gif about how our weekend is going. So, uh, yeah, check that out. Uh, Ryan, back to you, man. 
Yeah, right on. I, I think that pretty much does it for our uh, Week 13 preview, our Labor Day preview. Lots of fun to come this weekend. It's been a blast of a show here. Derek Taylor was here for about an hour. We got his insights on everything. Bombers, Riders, uh, a little bit on the uh, Vernon Adams trade, a little bit about Bowie by Mitchell. So that was fantastic. Of course, some great uh, little bit of uh, back and forth here on, on this uh, Prairie Rivalry. Uh, our fantasy picks and our betting picks as well. So, uh, yeah, lots of fun to come here with week number 13 in the CFL. We'll be back next uh, Monday night. Uh, there will be two games on Monday, uh, and we will be back Monday at the same time, 9 p.m. Central Daylight Time in Winnipeg, 8 p.m. Saskatchewan. Other time zones adjust accordingly. Uh, we'll be here to recap everything from Labor Day weekend in the CFL. We'll go through each of the games. We'll give players of the week. Uh, update our betting results and do our power rankings and all that fun stuff. And then uh, Wednesday night again next week, same time, same place, 9 p.m. Winnipeg, 8 p.m. Saskatchewan. Uh, we'll be here to preview week number 14, including the Banjo Bowl, the rematch between Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. And look forward, I'm sure, to more fun antics. Again, remember the bet in place between these two here beside me. Uh, it's Correct me if I'm wrong. It's off of both games here. Uh, it's it's whoever sweeps the, these games wins. And if they tie, it goes to the end of September. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the bet in place is the, uh, the loser must, uh, must profess their love here on the podcast for the, uh, the team, the, the opposing team, uh, which, uh, so stay tuned for that to come in the coming weeks and we'll find out Adam's running away. Oh, where is he going? Nope. He's still here. I dropped my rider coin. <laughs> uh, I love it um, yeah so all of that fun stuff to come of course all of these shows you can catch live every single week over on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and Twitch uh, just search the Canadian Football Countdown there you can find us on the Game Time TV YouTube page though uh, thanks to our presenting sponsor learn more at facebook.com slash Game Time TV MV uh, make sure you check us out on social media at CF Countdown Pod uh, there and uh, check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network at CF Pod Network. Uh, guys, as we wrap things up, where can people find everything you've got going on? Uh, let's start with you, Trey. Uh, I know you're heading to Regina for the big game this weekend, but uh, what else you got going on these days? Yeah, you can find me at Trey MB Harness on Twitter, uh, the voice of Matt Harness Racing. Got some bad news. Track in Winnipeg is not happening in 2022, but hopefully 2023. So this weekend will be my last weekend uh, race calling uh, here for so far. Uh, big guys, a big day, 13 races. That's a long day for uh, for, uh, for for me, uh, but we'll truck through it. And then I'll be heading out, uh, stopping at my parents' house and Sunday uh, heading the rest of the way to Regina. So I probably won't be on the show Monday because I'll be even driving back or I'll be too tucked. I'll be tuckered out after cheering for the Bombers winning. Uh, but yeah, at Trey MB Harness. Adam, what about you? Yeah, you can find me at Adam Stewart One. Of course, you can also find Mike Garrell if you're looking for him. Uh, at Mike Garrell. I know he's been beaking me a little bit about the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Rider Winnipeg Blue Bomber thing. Uh, don't worry, Mike. I'll remember it. Anyways, uh, yeah, you can find me for uh, good farm pictures. Uh, we've got harvest going on, and it's full on right now. Hopefully, we uh, won't have so much trouble after today. Let's hope. Maybe. Hopefully. Nevertheless, uh, yeah, you can find me for all the farming pictures you can handle and then some. Uh, also look at me at Instagram as well, at Farmer in Sask. 
you can find me there for pictures as well. And also, if you really want to watch videos of farming, which why I don't know, but hey, why not? You can find me over at the YouTube page, also Farmer in Saskatchewan. You know what? Uh, and also, I just wanted to throw a thank you, uh, thank you out to all the fans that follow this all the time. Uh, you guys all comment on me and Trey going back and forth on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, you comment on the uh, videos here for us. And you know what? We appreciate you guys greatly. We hope that you guys can share this uh, with your friends. We'd love to see about 50 or 100 or 200 or more people in here so we can go and have a back and forth with you. One night, just an AMA maybe or something like that, but we want all our fans to join us. So uh, be sure to share out this uh, feed, uh, whichever platform you're on, and uh, go from there. Ryan, how can people find you? Yeah, people can find me on Twitter at CooperTrooper42, likely just settling fights between these two over the next couple of weeks. Um, that seems like that's going to be in order. Uh, maybe uh, maybe learning how a coin flip works for deciding on something. <laughs> Might have to take some time to figure that out. Uh, and just enjoying football, talking anything CFL, CFL fantasy. Again, big fun weeks with these rivalry matches here, so you can check that all out there. Uh, for that. And other than that, uh, yeah, looking forward to the games this weekend. Looking forward to podcasting here again next week because uh, it's always fun getting to chat with you guys. It was super fun getting Derek Taylor in here today. So thanks again to Derek for joining us. Make sure you check out everything he's got going on at DT on, on at DT on OB is the uh, handle now. Yeah, it changes every time he, he moves somewhere else. But uh, DT on OB. You can see all of the stats that he has to offer. And, of course, check him out on the uh, CJOB broadcast uh, this uh, coming weekend in Regina. I think that pretty much does it here for us this evening. So, as Adam said, uh, we always appreciate everybody tuning in live. Those of you tuning in after the fact as well, uh, we really appreciate it. If you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. And uh, enjoy this weekend's game. Happy Labor Day long weekend, everybody. And we will talk to you next week on behalf of our panel here this evening. Uh, Derek Taylor, Trey Colbeck, and Adam Stewart. I'm Ryan Coop saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.